You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL. That means a lot of stuff going on in the world of fantasy football. It is the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, and my man Tony Sincata got you covered live for the next two hours. Got so much information going on. We want you to get involved. 844-843-6879. MFL 10s opened up this week. Now legal in all 50 states. No matter what state you live in, you can start drafting fantasy football teams right now. We'll talk about some MFL 10s a little bit later on. But obviously, my man, Tony Sincato, we got a lot to get into today as we've had some breaking news since we last talked fantasy football. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? This is crazy, right? This is... uh football news coming fast and furious and of course led by a team we've talked about for all the red wrong reasons the last couple of seasons the Cleveland Browns yeah no doubt about it Tony it looks like and I'll start right here it looks like um Hugh Jackson doesn't have any excuses now Tony the offensive guru the mastermind of offenses the running game producer the guy that can work with and develop young quarterbacks Hugh Jackson Tony has no excuses now as he has a dynamic young offense on his hands. Well, he could possibly have three stud wide receivers, right? If you mm-hmm. if you want to go Josh Gorman, Jarvis Landry, and you want to just throw Coleman in there for the for the argument. So at two and a half at least, right? Yep. And their offensive line, depending on where you look last year and, and some of the rankings was a top five offensive line. You have Duke Johnson in the backfield. You can add probably Saquon Barkley. The only question I have on that offense is the quarterback. That was a shocking move to me. No, the quarterback move was shocking, Tony. But what I will say is this. I would feel much better, much more. I feel much more better about this team than I would with Deshaun Kaiser. I agree. Than I would with A.J. McCarron. Than I would with, you know, just about any of the mismatch they could have brought in there. Listen, Obviously, I think they're out the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes now, but Tyrod Taylor gives them a solid quarterback. Maybe not the best, maybe a game manager, maybe a little more than the game manager, but he did take his team to the playoffs this year. Yeah, so here's how I feel about Tyrod Taylor is that I'm sort of like, I'm sort of perplexed because I watch the games, right? You watch the games. And Tyrod Taylor doesn't look to a second or third wide receiver. He'll take the ball and he'll run, right, when somebody's not open. And yet he didn't have any wide receivers of what he's going to have now. And yet his completion percentages are very good for a quarterback, even with the subpar wide receivers. I mean, he was at 67% of completion percentage. Um, I looked at some other numbers that he's not afraid to throw the ball in traffic. So I don't know what they're getting in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, is he better than Deshaun Kai? Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a step grade up. Um, is he? Are they done with their consideration of drafting a rookie quarterback? I don't think so, but I don't know. Like, are they going to now go with the first pick, Saquon Barkley, the fourth pick, either trade out of that, or are they going to pick a young kid to stand there? You know what? I kind of hope they don't pick a young kid because then it's going to put a lot, a lot of pressure on the quarterback there. Yeah, and you're right about that because that situation right there put a young kid in there right from the jump, Tony, and he's looked to have to, 
he's got a playoff offense around him. Obviously, especially in that division, you got to think the Cleveland Browns, if Hugh Jackson is what he says he is, is a better Cleveland Browns have a better team than what you see in Baltimore and then what you see in Cincinnati, especially with the problems that those organizations have. Now, Tone, with that being said, you look at a team that's more than likely going to add Saquon Barkley to the mix. The threat of Tyrod Taylor running mixed with Saquon Barkley, this is going to be some big holes, especially behind that offensive line. Hugh Jackson is going to build this thing around Barkley in the running game, Tony. So I think Tyrod can do a sufficient job. I think he goes into the season as the starter. Now, Tyrod Taylor is also becoming what I like to call the black Alex Smith. He's the guy that's always going to get his job taken by the next man up, even if the next man up is not as good as him. Uh, you know, I never thought of it like that, but I do agree. I think the Tyrod Taylor situation is, is uh, more of a plug than a fix. And I'm going to say this other thing. We sit here and we think the Cleveland Browns are a better team, and they are. They can't be worse than a one-win team two years ago and zero last year. But from a fantasy perspective, every one of those players there, except Josh Gordon, is, is a worse prospect than they were coming into this season, than they were two weeks ago. Repeat that, Tony, say that again. Every single one of the Cleveland Browns offensive players, except Josh Gordon, is a worse prospect for me in fantasy than they were two weeks ago. Now, why is that? Jarvis Landry is going to go to a Cleveland Browns offense with a new in a new role undefined when he caught 100-plus balls year after year in Miami. I don't think you can expect the same thing. I really don't. I think there's a chance that also Jarvis Landry could ask to be played some outside wide receiver, which he hasn't done. I think Duke Johnson now is going to have Saquon Barkley there. Saquon Barkley is not going to be – he's going to come in, he's going to play, but Duke Johnson's going to play some too, and he's going to take targets away from Saquon Barkley. I think that both are going to get an opportunity. I think the quarterback situation, when he was in Buffalo – uh, he was a guy that would run run the ball a lot, and you'd get 60 yards. I don't think he's going to run as much. I think he has better weapons. He can stay in the pocket. He's going to throw the ball, but and I think he's going to get less fantasy points. I think every single one of them, except for Josh Gordon, is going to go down than they were in value two weeks ago. Definitely some valid points right there. I think Duke Johnson is a guy that really takes a big hit in this Big one. hit. I think I think Barkley, though, I still think Barkley could compete as an RB1 off the sheer volume alone. I think they're going to want to run him, have him running the football a lot. Let's Wouldn't he get what, more work, though, work volume-wise if he was the if he went with the two-pick, right? Yeah, he would. I, yeah, and that's the whole thing is that, you know what, is that I look at it like this, is that— He's still going to be the centerpiece, though, Tone. I oh, think. he will be. Yeah, he will be, but— I'll tell you what, him and Duke Johnson are similar backs where I say that they both can do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, Barkley might be the best player, might be a generational talent there. But Barkley is a, a guy that is going to be, I don't know, if they, they should go ahead and probably move Duke Johnson if they keep making these trades. Well, that's going to be interesting to see because um, I think they're going to want to have a third down back in that mix, but I do, and I think Johnson will be that guy. Isaiah Crowell is gone for sure. Yep. I, Isaiah Crowell could end up in Seattle. We'll talk about the Seahawks a little bit later on in the program. And I like the uh, what you say about Josh Gordon. Obviously, when it comes to draft day, he's the one that comes with the most well, risk because you don't know his situation off the field. I hate to say that. The one thing, though, about that kid, right, the kid, is that – you know what? Yeah, I could say all I want about him as a quarterback, but he's one of the kids that the deep ball numbers are good. 
And he, he's one of the kids that can throw a good deep ball. So if they give him the latitude and they let him throw the ball, it's going to work out for Josh Gordon. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Tony. Now, I, I agree. Landry is more than likely not a 100 reception guy this year, but I still nope. think he can give you 85, 80 to 85. And it's still going to be that Jarvis Landry type, move the chain, not the big numbers. We'll see where the touchdown production goes, even though Barkley should eat a lot of that up. Should eat a lot of that up. I think the guy that benefits, though, is Tyrod Taylor tone because look at the weapons around him. If he can keep that percent, that completion percentage going, yeah, you lose the run, you lose the rushing, but I think you throw more touchdown passes. I think though you have to wait. I, well, you say that on paper, you're 100. Like it's so easy to say that, right? But let's take everything into account. First of all, Hugh Jackson is known as a running quarterback, yeah, a running offensive coordinator. They draft a running back in number one. Does all of a sudden? He become a game manager, throw the ball 20 plus, 20, 23 times a game. They feature these two running backs, and they get they pound the ball 25 times a game like the Jaguars did. They got a pretty good defense and try to win that way. That's what I'm concerned of with the quarterback at Tyrod the, Taylor. I, I agree. I think you can get him. You'll be able to get him later on, obviously, but the, if the efficiency is there in those 23 throws, then I think you can see, you know, 23 throws, but two of those 23 go for touchdown passes. I'll tell you what, though. If I'm uh, the GM and I'm spending $16 million on Jarvis Landry, figure out a way to use him. I better throw the ball more than 23 times. (laughs) I agree with you on that. They have a plethora. I hate to say that word, plethora. They have a ton of weapons. Uh, in this Cleveland Brown situation, and you'd have never thought that we'd open up a fantasy football show early, early in March, talking about the Cleveland Browns because of how dismal they've been for fantasy per- for fantasy owners the past couple of years. But I think it's going to be a fun team in 2018. Definitely putting the pieces together, and that puts the New York Giants Tony on the clock because I think you you called Barkley at one about over a month ago. I think we definitely see Barkley go at one now, and now the Giants are on the clock, and they have to make their move and figure out what they're going to do. And oh, of course. There is some drama that goes along with the New York Giants, and oh, he is boy. the best player on their football team, maybe the best offensive player in New York Giant football history, and they're going to have some decisions to make, Tony, because this guy's celebrity athlete, Odell Beckham, cannot seem to stay out of the news cycle. Yeah, so, all right, I watched this video, I don't know, 10 times. I think there's a lot of people drawing a lot of conclusions based on what we think is happening. And we're probably right with our conclusions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that, all right? Yeah. But I don't think you can implicate this guy in a court of law of doing anything wrong in a seven-second video. I, we, 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 I want, the only thing I think we can <laughs> – it's, it's a lot of ways that you can unpack this thing right here, right? Tony. I mean, it's really a lot of ways. Thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know what? We're probably right on what's going on, but – we're not. We're we drawing a lot of assumptions based on these seven seconds. Okay, let's just say it. It, it looks. It, okay, let's not even put the white substance on Odell. Right. But I think we can definitely that's, that's tag him. That's one thing, with, right? It doesn't mean yo, he's partaking. Exactly. I think we can tag him with the marijuana, though. We could, but he could have an explanation. Maybe it's not marijuana. Maybe it's a medicinal herb and spice from something. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, and he can also say I've is, never failed the drug test. I never yeah, failed the drug well, test. I was just going to say that. Even if it was marijuana, right? 
he could say, you know, 85% of the NFL players use it. I'm just the only one dumb enough to keep getting on video and uh, and go from there. I don't know. It's like, to me, it's poor decision making. It's poor decision making. But who he's, knew you're getting filmed? And are you yeah, going to tell me you're not going to be Odell old. Beckham? Yeah. I, I, I NFL athlete in the bed with yeah. a hot girl? Yeah. You, yeah. Are you going to say, no, go home? <laughs> no, I'm more concerned. I'm more concerned about the I comments exactly in the video. You, exactly. What, what was exactly he talking about going. there, right? It, what, it what? seems like he was telling the young lady, go ahead about your business. But... It seems like he was setting up something for someone else, it seemed like. Exactly. He was not. It doesn't seem like yeah. he was interested in her. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That was a little weird. And nobody talking about that part of the video. <laughs> well, actually, Tony, <laughs> when the video was sent to me, the first message I got was, listen to the audio. He's sending the woman away. Yeah. I'm like something's something's odd here, but uh, it's 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 bad. It, it, you can't. It's hard to say, Tony. He just it, it he gets himself into bad predict. He has to realize this of how big a celebrity he is. Yep, he does. That's he the problem. Does. He doesn't realize how big a celebrity he is. I'll tell you what, the Giants. Based on the Giants, uh, you know, uh, they're a little concerned now. They're a little concerned, like. The, the ownership has come out and said he's going to be a giant for life. And I think one thing after another, they're like, because they're very conservative, the ownership of the Giants. Mm-hmm. I, I, you just wonder how this thing ends. And not to mention the fact you got Gettleman in tow now. Gettleman known for being a hard ass, especially with situations like this. A lot of people around the NFL do not like Dave Gettleman. Matter of fact, you see last year with the Carolina Panthers, it wasn't until he got fired that Greg Olson got his contract done. And then a lot of players, Steve Smith, D'Angelo Williams, were very jubilant. So Gettleman is going to be an issue. Odell's going to be an issue. They got this draft pick. It just looks like the New York Giants are figuring out ways to stay in the news and are not times not 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 for the right reasons tone and you look at Beckham you can't just say okay bro done we'll cut our ties with him and let him walk he's your best player by far by far but it's not even close because you guys saw how bad that offense was and I think about this all the time I don't think Eli Manning has the skills to play quarterback anymore yet the truth is is that when when Beckham's in the offense he's fine so it's not really an Eli problem. It's actually the offense is just so bad with Beckham not there, and Beckham makes up for all the warts that they have in that offense. That is, that's exactly what the case is. That is exactly what the case is right there, Tony. He's making up for the warts because nobody else on the team can really score. So, it, you know, you know I, think, I think the stat was this team is 33, have gone 33 football games without scoring 30 points. They're very poor offensively. And the only reason why they went, Tony, the games they win is the games he scores in. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy at how different this team is with one player. Because one player usually does not make a difference in the National Football League. You have 11 guys there. Uh, but this offense went from one of the, uh, probably a top 10 offense to arguably the worst offense, one of the worst offenses in the league. And we were questioning the quarterback play. And we had all the drama with Eli Manning not being able to do it anymore. And yet, if Eli Manning had Odell Beckham Jr., he would have been at least a middle-of-range quarterback.
Yeah, no doubt about it, Tony. You would have been able to see him get something done. Odell would have probably caught a touchdown, passed the game. It would have been a much different situation for that New York Giants offense. Now they're in flux. No Saquon Barkley to balance that situation out. Not really a whole bunch of money against the cap. I think this team needs to trail the number two pick, Tony, move down, stockpile some draft picks, and figure out how they get this Odell Beckham situation cleared up. It's a very sad, very sad uh, situation there with Odell Beck. But he keeps, he keeps it in the news. He keeps things interesting. He really does keep things interesting, Tony. There you go. I guess that's what he was brought there for. The, cele- <laughs> the, celebrity, the, the celebrity athlete, Tony, is very interesting. The guy that can dominate headlines on the sports pages and the front pages, and that is one Odell Beckham Jr. We'll keep some old Odell talk going on as we move through the program, obviously. Big story in the NFL, Odell in this video. You got the NFL draft coming up in a few weeks from now. All kind of moves going on all over the place. The Oakland Raiders talking about Doug Martin. I want to talk to Tony Sakata about that and what they should be doing out there when we come back. Fantasy Football Frenzy live right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. Back up on Adam Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Corey Parson and Tony Sincata. So, Tone, this thing, this latest thing with the New York Giants and Odell Beckham, I find it interesting because um, I think when you look at Beckham, what he's going to end up doing, Tony, is saying that, oh, this video is old. Does it make a difference yes. how old it is? Uh, no, I don't think so, but that seems to be the way he's going. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Is it him in high school or, uh, I, mean, well, <laughs> I can, I, Tony, I would guess it probably wasn't high school. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty... been, it's, it's at least a year. Yeah, so I don't know what the hell's going on here with Odell Beckham. He, yeah, he does. Who are his people? He's got to get people. Like, I don't know. The whole thing is like LeBron James, right? I'll take LeBron James. LeBron James has the greatest people of all time because there's never any problems with LeBron. Uh, the whole Miami fiasco was the the only situation there, and that was a a business decision that went wrong. And everybody everybody makes those things, and it happens once in a while. But you got to have people around you that keep you out of these situations when you're a young man with tons of money. No doubt about it. And uh, maybe Maverick Carter, who is really known as the guy that runs LeBron James's career, maybe he needs to take over and step in for Odell Beckham also and help him make some decisions. Tony, you talk about that the decision, though, right? And I recently saw an interview where somebody asked Maverick Carter if he would do that again. And his answer was yes, because that night they raised three and a half million dollars for that boys club up there in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. You look at, you know, you feel what I'm saying, Tony? I mean, I guess, I, I, think, he's, I think he has to say that, but in all yeah. reality, he probably wouldn't. You feel what I mean? He could do, I guess he could make some tweaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he t- I, you're right. As some tweaks there, but you know what? They've done a lot of good. And I'll tell you what, LeBron is uh, set up nice 
for life after uh, basketball. He's going to move right into. Uh, he's done a good job on some of these movie productions they've put together, and there's going to be no stopping this guy. No, he has him and Maverick have they, their streaming media company, uh, Uninterrupted, uh, which is a media platform built for athletes. So he's probably go right into that. But Tony, a lot of people don't even know the pizza this. place too. I saw. I, oh, you know the what? Blaze Pizza is amazing. So I never seen this thing thing around here, right? I saw my yeah. first one. This I saw one this week. Really, you saw one this week. It's in mainly Florida, something yeah. that's it's a stronghold in the Midwest, but nobody really knows about it outside the Midwest. Also, yeah. now one has popped into Florida. Do you know he bought himself out of his McDonald's contract to go set up that Blaze Pizza deal? Uh, that's crazy stuff. That he he was he got it done, man. He got it done. Uh, the pizza thing, the pizza industry is not easy to crack into either because there's so many of them that come up that they're a dime a dozen. And you, you see the money, uh, that like the Pizza Hut and the Domino's, and everybody spends on the advertising to get their shaky pizzas out there. Um, he's he's getting it done. I don't know. The man keeps getting it done. Uh, LeBron James is certainly, I think, if you're an athlete, is a model to be looking at in a, in a lot of ways, both off the court and on the court. Now, another thing that's interesting, Tony, is a lot of people are not aware of this, but this is LeBron James in his 15th NBA season. It looks like he's playing the best basketball. And I know yes. it's a fantasy football show. It looks like he's playing the best basketball he's ever played. Now, a lot of people don't know this, though. His 13-year-old son, Bronny James, is dominating the AAU scene, Tony. So in about five or six years from now, we're going to have another one of these guys coming into the NBA. Yeah, how do you feel about this? And, and people, even though this isn't football, this is life. There was a comment, and I don't remember who it was, and I think it might have been LeVar Ball, but I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure it was LeVar Ball, is that... An athlete's kid can't be as good as uh, their dad was because they don't have the same hunger, the same desire. Uh, they didn't have to go through life with wanting things. And LeBron's kids can't be hungry. It's crazy, right? Yeah. That people say that. Christian McCaffrey looked pretty hungry this year. Yeah. Steph I mean, Curry's as a better basketball player than his father ever was. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times it's just up to the individual and, you know, how exactly they want. It doesn't matter the background. We've had guys come off the streets that have been amazing athletes of their time. And we've had guys that have come from, you know, well-to-do families. I'm pretty sure the Mannings uh, never starved for anything in their lives. Exactly. So there you go right there. But it's interesting to see how these stories will play out. And LeBron James is definitely getting done. And maybe him and his crew need to pull Jack's Odell Beckham aside. a freshman in college be next a year. Yeah, he'll be a freshman at UCLA. He spurned Sean Miller in Arizona after the yeah, scandal erupted. This now Sean Miller, UCLA. I'm rooting for him now. This guy, I am Tony. He's got the balls the size of a of a, a dinosaur. Uh, if he's not, if he's not like he basically sat out and it basically said he keeps saying I've done nothing wrong. They say there's a tape, but here's the only problem where I don't hundred percent believe Sean Miller. Why isn't he suing Yahoo? This is true. You're right. He should be. And maybe that is something that's in the works. But if there is a tape, let's hear it. I, I know. And he's like, 
He, but he's been defiant from day one. Like, the, he's saying, no, it's not here. And Arizona was like, whoa, time out. The FBI says there's a tape. So they sat this guy down for like four or five days. And then he even convinced them there's no tape. It's a lot of convincing going on uh, right now, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> How, if, I, if our FBI screwed this up, we're in a, we're, we're in a world of hurt because yeah. if we're screwed, like, if we got all this stuff out there and you guys get the wrong guys and the wrong names, I mean, how are we going to keep track of Vladimir Putin? Exactly. We got to really figure out what's going on and batting <laughs> down the hatches if we can't get our own thing figured out. Tone, let me ask you this, though. Next year, this time, Odell Beckham is going to be up for a contract extension. Yeah. What do the New York Giants do? You got to pay him. I mean, yep. it's just night and day with this guy offensively. The wide receiver position throughout the last 10 years in the NFL has been littered with guys that are questionable behavior on and off the field. <laughs> but when it comes to Sunday, they game make they game difference makers. They're game changers. What well, you, you got to pay him. Yeah, you're right about that. You do have to pay him. That's the thing about it is Tony. Now, what happens is he's going to want 20, 25 to 20 million dollars. He's going to want yep. quarterback money. Now, He's never going to get it. Never going to get quarterback money? Can't get it. I think it's the same thing Levy on Bell, right? You could make the argument Levy on Bell is every bit as good or better than Obell Beckham Jr. at his position, right? Bottom line is you don't play quarterback. You can't get that money. We're going to make you. The highest paid at your position, or the you know top two or three at your position, and you're going to like it, or you're going to be at Seven Eleven. There's no other <laughs> way around. It. I mean, the, right in today's NFL rules, there's no other way around it. it, it you're, you're basically you're basically correct, Tone. I mean, we're seeing situations like you bring up Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is more or less said, "All right, cool. I'll play another year on the tag." Yeah. But here's what: you're not going to see me until. That Wednesday before the first game of the year, and then we'll yeah. figure it out from there. And here's the thing, Tony, us as fantasy owners, we're still talking about drafting the guy 1-1 one, one, or 1-2. One, That's yeah. telling you you're not going to see me on the field until it's go time. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Legitimately, legitimately, this is Le'Veon Bell should go and show up on that Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. And twist his ankle and say, you know, I can't go this week. If I had a long-term deal, my ankle might be better. Like, that's what he should do. <laughs> here's what the NFL knows. There's 52 other guys on that team. And there's no way Le'Veon Bell could do that and not give his best when he's on the field. Nobody on the Steelers, those players, are going to give anyone a hard time about dealing with their contract. But if you don't show up ready to play on Sunday, then all of a sudden you become a malcontent, you become a problem in the locker room, and you're going to face some guys that are not going to like you, and there's going to be problems. I, and, I think that the NFL system is here that these guys, you don't have a choice. Orobel can say whatever he wants. We've seen it time and time again every year. You're going to play, and you're not going to get quarterback money. And here's the thing about it, Tony. Now, some of these guys, you can say, well, they got a very strong case. You take Odell Beckham, for example. You look yeah. at how important he is to that team. He has a strong case. But if I'm the general manager, if I'm the owner, I can come back and say, it looks to me like you might have a drug problem. I can't invest this kind of money in you if you have a drug problem. Yeah. Same thing goes for Le'Veon Bell. How can I pay you like a number one wide receiver and a number one running back when I might lose you for six games? The Odell Beckham Jr. thing, though, is, uh, uh, you know what, the 100%, you know, we could debate a drug problem, whatever. 
you can't debate a maturity issue, and and he has nope. that. I mean, if you don't know, like I got to stay out of the limelight off the field, and there's plenty of great examples of people that are doing that uh, in the National Football League. That I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that they all these guys aren't saints off the field, but they don't get in the newspaper. They don't get TMZ. Uh, they know how to go about staying out of out of the papers. And Odell Beckham Jr. seems to crave it. No, he wants to be a celebrity athlete. His desire is to be a celebrity athlete. Now, with that being said, Tone, you look at the situation. I, you know how last year when that, when um that guy from ESPN did that report on the Seattle Seahawks. Remember how I was a guy, I was a part of it too, came on the air and hammered Russell Wilson for making people that hang out with him sign an NDA? Odell yeah. Beckham needs to make people that hang out with him sign an NDA. Derek Jeter, actually, I'll go back to Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter would have people over his house, and there was a basket at the door where you had to put your cell phone in, and there was a uh, tag there. Uh, uh, there was a paper you had to sign, too. His teammates hated it. His teammates didn't like it because he would make even them sign it. But he was just protecting his brand. Derek Jeter was, came off as one of the you know, athletes that never had a problem. You'd go to his house. The first thing you had to do was put your phone into this basket and sign this paper, no matter who you were. I tell I had a I know I know a buddy that I have a buddy that played Major League Baseball at the same time as Derek Jeter and you know and was a guy that hung out with Derek Jeter or as he said he would try to hang out with Derek Jeter he would ask Derek Jeter where are you going what are you doing and Derek Jeter said I'm going out and maybe then he would like well where and Derek Jeter would never tell him yeah <laughs> and this is and this is the guy that was one of his buddies you know what yeah. I mean and I think we have to I think like I said last year when we heard about Rich Russell Wilson doing this. And the problems it created in that locker room is kind of like Odell. You need to start making people sign these agreements with you when you when they're when they're hanging out with you. So you don't have situations like this. He's he's got it wrong, Tony. I'm quite sure LeBron James has thing. Well, LeBron James had a thing at the baseball game a couple years ago where uh, his wife Miss Savannah had a brown cigarette in her hand doing the uh, doing the World Series game. Uh, is that are they actually married? I believe him and yeah, him and Savannah are married. Oh, they are. I thought I mm-hmm. just thought they were like long time. I thought they never actually got married, but no, they are. They, well, <laughs> I'm about to say if she's smart, you know what I'm saying, Tony? Oh but yeah, to, but yeah. I thought Le- LeBron might have outsmarted her. <laughs> well, she got three kids, Tony. She outsmarted oh, him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Savannah Brinson. Uh, uh-huh. I guess 2013 they were married. Oh, that's right. It was. It was. I remember the wedding now. That's right. So, yeah. They, so some it, of those kids is, are over 2013, so they waited that a is, while. Yeah, they did wait a while. That is high school sweetheart. I think the only yeah. child they have, they the, the little girl is the child that they have after their marriage. I think the, the two boys are before their marriage. Uh, James's uh, estimated worth is $300 million, uh, but his goal in life is to make the $1 billion mark. I think it's a good chance he'll get there. I like, you know, we all have goals. That's that's a pretty tough one. Only one athlete is only one athlete is worth one billion dollars. Michael Jordan, a shoe mogul. Yes, uh, he's not even an athlete. He's a shoe designer. So <laughs> there you go. One billion. Right there. Odell gets big endorsement money from Nike. Also, um, he'll get his money from well, the New York Giants. That's where he was, right? He was doing some sort of endorsement out there and wherever he was. If this uh, video is new and is from his uh, trip, but he was out on an endorsement deal um, doing it with uh, the soccer player Christian Ronaldo. 
Yes, and this is where this uh, and then I think it was a part two to the video with the young lady just taping him sleeping. <laughs> I, I didn't see that one. Um, that one uh, there, that would be uh, uh, that. That is the crazy part. Yeah, he's got to get a little, a little better there. But you know what? Would where would you draft? Like, say we drafted today. Well, what wide receiver would you draft him? I would draft him as the third wide receiver. Antonio Browns and DeAndre yeah. Hopkins are the top two wide receivers in fantasy. Odell Beckham is third. He'd go Odell Beckham third. And he wouldn't have any hesitation. If we drafted five drafts today, would you draft him all five drafts as your third wide receiver? Uh, depending on upon what running backs are on the board at that time, more than likely, yes. Yeah. See, I, I, if I was I going wide receiver in the first round and, and, and the other two were off the board and I wanted a wide receiver and I had a shot to take Odell, I would take him. I, I think that... I wouldn't take him five times. I think I would take him probably three times because there's got to be a little bit in my mind that is, you know what, i got to diversify a little from this guy, not because of injuries, because of everything else that goes on with this guy, that I think that I would, uh, I would probably hold off and make him the third. Who is that fourth wide receiver? Is it Keenan Allen? That's the hard question. That's why that I'm not 100% sure even when I say that is I think the drop-off is huge after that. Like, Keenan Allen is the guy with the most upside, but I could play it safe with Michael Thomas of the Saints. That is very true, too. Michael Thomas also a guy that's going to be in that conversation. I, I could play it there. And, I, you know, Julio Jones, I'd get a lot of crazy looks from people, but still got to be one of the top guys there. And we, one thing we haven't talked about yet is the Mike Evans contract that Tampa threw at him. Yeah, definitely wanted to get into that. Mike Evans gets the big deal. So now he's locked in franchise wide receiver for the Buccaneers. He's went and got his extension. He's got his money. So now you know Odell perked up for that. Well, I mean, what, 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 what did Evans got? And how much guaranteed money did Evans get? He got five years, $82 million. When we come back, we'll break down the guaranteed money for everybody out there. Fantasy Football Frenzy right here, FNTSY Radio, rolling through our number one. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, my main man, Tony Sincata. When we come back on the other side, we'll look at Mike Evans and talk about the rest of some of the, some of the rest of the top wide receivers that'll be going off the board in 2018. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app. The TuneIn Radio app or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free 24 7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844 844- 84FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back at it, Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio Weekend Edition. You want to get involved in the conversation, 844-843. 6879 is the telephone number. If not, if you just enjoy listening on demand, that's cool too. As long as you listen. All right, Tone. So, we got 
Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins locked in, top two wide receivers going off the board. Yep. Then you take Odell Beckham after that. Then you get that Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas area right there. Would you agree with that so far? So far, yeah, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas. I think there will be some people that would still throw in A.J. Green. Okay. Over Julio Jones. I think those two, I think whatever it is, right, that Julio Jones, everybody gets scared off the injuries, and they think A.J. Green, you know, other than choking someone, plays every week. This is true. A.J. Green can obviously finish his wide receiver one. So what about this, though? A healthy Andrew Luck. Is T.Y. Hilton in the Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas discussion? I think he's just short of that. I think he's just short of that. I think he's right there, though. I think that because you don't you don't know Andrew Luck comes back, right? He comes back. He's healthy. How long before we feel like he's the old Andrew Luck? I think we did a show a couple of weeks ago, right, where I was like, Andrew Luck's best season was 2014, and this is 2018. Like, do people realize that, or do they think that, you know, he comes back and you're cautious to see Andrew? See, I would be cautious. I think Hilton could end up being, if Luck was back, a top five wide receiver easily if everything went right. But I'm not convinced that Andrew Luck would be the same player after missing so much time. Interesting. T.Y. Hilton's best season was the 2016 season. No luck in 2017. It's half a luck or three-quarters of a luck from 2016. Good enough to push T.Y. Hilton into that wide receiver, that top five wide receiver conversation. That's where the decision fantasy owners are going to have to make. I'm a big T.Y. Hilton supporter. I think he can lead the NFL in receiving yards if with a healthy Andrew Luck because he dominates targets. Dante Moncrief likely going to walk from that situation this year. So it's really T.Y. Hilton's ball game. Yeah, they don't really have another wide receiver in the mix there. And they could be a good team. You know, the Colts every year surprise us in the draft because we always have all these shows that are on prior to the draft and everybody says, man, they need a lineman and they never pick one. It wouldn't shock me if they picked a wide receiver in the first round this year. That would be crazy if they did that again. <laughs> I mean, they failed so miserably with that, with um, with, uh, Philip Dorsett. I mean, they this, picked, this organization, they, they have to get some complimentary, complimentary pieces. But, yeah, what better complimentary piece than a wide receiver? But they don't need to go skill position, Tony. I agree with you, but uh, I'm, I'm going to tune in. I think the uh, the owner likes to uh, read about them in the newspaper, and the bottom line is you never get in the newspaper picking an offensive and defensive lineman. And, no, you don't. Uh, I, I really think that it's going to be interesting to see the Colts on draft day because they have needs galore. I mean, it, unless you're a 100% believer in Malcolm Mack, which I think, yeah, he has the skills, he has talent to make some big plays and looks good on film. But there's something there that, you know, he is not getting on the field. And he should have got on the field more last year that I wonder what the heck is going to go on here uh, with Mal- Malcolm Mack. They're a hard team to figure out. One thing that we do know is I think myself personally that uh, Hilton is well worth the risk, especially if we see Andrew Luck go through the OTA process, go through this training camp process, and be out there for sure in week one. Continue to look at these wide receivers. Once you get past A.J. Green and Julio Jones, then the next – is Devontae Adams in that A.J. Green-Julio Jones conversation? 
I think he is, and I think he's going to be the guy. Uh, we see every year a one wide receiver that goes fly up draft boards. This year was Michael Thomas. Two years ago was Michael Evans. Uh, right before the draft, like Evans got in the NFBC leagues up to the sixth or seventh pick. Uh, I think that Devontae Adams is going to be that guy. I think when you look at it, people see him now as the number one wide receiver in Green Bay. Right, they think Aaron Rodgers comes back. The team's defense stinks. They have no running game. Right, they're going to put up some big numbers. But the only thing is, like, what are you willing to risk? People are going to remember Devontae Adams' two concussions last year. I think as a fantasy community, a lot of times we overrate these concussions. And when I say overrate them, I think that like we've seen Jordan Reed right have problems and it's just ruined his career. Uh, and, and others, Wes Welker, it just ruined his career. But I think we do it now too much, and I think that we might uh, be talking about Devontae Adams and discrediting him because of concussions when anyone could get hurt on the field at any time. And um, I I think Devontae Adams is going to be the biggest mover as we get closer and closer to draft days. That's interesting. I I think when you look at his situation, he has a very good situation coming into this season. Rock solid number one wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers right now. I think there's no doubt about that. Now you look at the talent in front of him. You got two guys with extreme talent that's been doing it for years and Julio Jones and A.J. Green. And then you got these two upstart, upside, upside guys with Michael Thomas and, and Keenan Allen. Not to mention you may be able to throw T.J. I mean, T.Y. Hilton in that mix also. I think people are torn on where he fits in with the talent around him, Tony. I think so, too. But the bottom line is, right, I think there's a chance that Cobb won't be back there next year. Uh, We saw uh, the whole situation um, with them putting Willingham, um, Ty Montgomery, back at wide receiver, right, because of the lack Mm -hmm. of wide receiver play there. I'm going to – and Jordy Nelson did not look anything like an elite wide receiver, and he's a guy that's gone through some injuries there. And if you want to put the whole Devontae Adams concussion situation in play, what do you think has more of a chance of happening next year? Devontae Adams having another concussion or Julio Jones dealing with another foot injury? I would say Julio Jones with a foot injury. I agree with you. I would say Julio Jones in the foot injury also. So I can see situations where he does jump those two guys right there and maybe even jumps Keenan Allen. And maybe he becomes now the fourth wide receiver to go off the board. Keenan Allen's interesting to me because he gets so many targets, so many targets that it's hard to uh, not take him. But the problem is Keenan Allen looks like he's about 170 pounds. It looks like he's 5'9". I don't care what they list him as. There, but when you watch him on the field, he's a small guy, and he gets he gets so much use in that offense that you just wonder how the hell he can make it through the year. And that's the thing, also, and that's the reason why I believe last year they used a first round draft pick to draft Mike Williams. Now it didn't go down right this year, but Mike Williams, a Des Bryant type clone from Clemson University, he's a guy who's a little bit bigger, stronger, more physical than Keenan Allen, and definitely has that kind of pedigree. We didn't see it this year, but if Mike Williams gets rolling, Tony, he can eat into Keenan Allen's juices a lot. Yeah, uh, and I think he's going to. I think he's going to be fine this year. I, I think that a lot of times we, uh, I've said this time and time again, we get spoiled by the wide receiver play that we've seen in the last five years in the NFL and guys being able to come in and play right away. 
But for the longest time, it took three years for these wide receivers to do anything in the NFL. And I just think Mike Williams is just one of those guys that is going to be a good player in this league. And we just saw it this year, the breakout of Nelson Aguilar after his third season, right? What a season he had. He was a dog for two years. So now you look at the situation with Mike Williams, and then you try to evaluate his fantasy owners. Is Mike Williams more Laquan Treadwell, Cordero Patterson, or is Mike Williams more, like you said, the Nelson Aguilar or Kelvin Benjamin? Well, Kelvin Benjamin had a good rookie season, but is he a Nelson Aguilar, David, Devin Funches type late bloomer? I think, yeah, I think he's going to end up being a guy that uh, is going to be playing. But Phillip Rivers is one of those guys, though, that's pretty stubborn. Like, it seems like him and Keenan Allen and, you know, get on the same They got page. a thing going. Yeah, he doesn't even look anywhere else, right? Antonio Gates and Philip Rivers for many years had that kind of connection. And does Mike Williams break in and get the confidence of the quarterback? A pass catching running back added to that charger mix, that would scare me more than the breakout of Mike Williams if I was looking to draft Keenan Allen. So um, Keenan Allen's a player I would diversify with at the end to the mid to, towards the back end of the first round, depending on what pick I had between him and Michael Thomas. I think we know Michael Thomas is safe because the Saints' offense will not choose would not change too much. Uh, yeah, I, Michael Thomas. I think his what you're going to see there is last year was very interesting to me with Michael Thomas because we saw first of all the running backs be featured in the Saints' offense. But secondly, he caught a lot of balls around the line of scrimmage. And we all expected Michael Thomas to be this big play wide receiver. But he caught a lot of balls within 5, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. His consistency in those catches made him excellent in PPR. Then he had those bigger games moving down the stretch. Kamara is really such a dominant piece in that offense, though, Tony. Running back like that, catching 80 passes, young guy that they can run the offense through. He makes it, more, he makes it very difficult for everybody else. It makes it very, very difficult because, uh, yeah, and Sean Payton loves the guy. Loves Which the guy. Which is rare for Sean Payton besides himself. <laughs> he thought him and True Breeze had an uh, exclusive relationship for a long time. Thought it was only the two of them. So let me ask you about Mike Evans. We talked about Mike Evans, the big contract <laughs> extension. When you look at him for 2018, um, second-round guy with first-round upside, Tone. You know, though, I, I, I've never liked Mike Evans. And the reason I've never liked him is that there's a lot of similarities to me between him and Des Bryant. And when I say that is that both these guys are big dudes, right? And there's not a lot of separation there, but they just out-muscle guys for the ball. And that drives me crazy, but they're very good at what they do. But I just look at some of these guys with the elite wide receiver skills, and I don't think either of them have it. I think they just they have they, they have more hunger, they are bigger than everyone else, and they get the job done. But I just think that I like go with the you know six foot five Julio Jones that can run the four four forty there. So they're guys that don't like. I think the Buccaneers made a huge mistake in this contract. I, I really look at those physical skills of Mike Evans, and I wonder. Can he do that for the next five years? Like, we saw a drop-off this year. Was it a drop-off in the quarterback? Was it a drop-off in the offense? Like, it seemed kind of crazy that the Buccaneers gave him all that money. I, I mean, he has been, he's been a model citizen. Well, he yeah. had the one incident. He had the one incident, um, you know, with the national anthem thing. Then he really oh. couldn't. They, he was asked about it afterwards, and he was like, oh, I don't know. And so he couldn't really back up his actions. So, you know, not the worst thing in the world, young man. Didn't he hit, you know, a, didn't he hit like a guy that. from behind this year? 
He had that situation with Marcus Lattimore. <laughs> Who was that? Who was that? Which he could have. Oh, it was the Saints' cornerback, right? Lattimore. Yeah, which is Lattimore, which he could have yeah. been arrested for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was assault on the football field. Yeah. But other that than that, crazy. you know, hard worker shows up, plays sixteen, got the rapport with Jameis, excellent near the goal line. I, I think they rewarded him for, for for doing it the right way, and and I think he's a top playmaker in this league. Tony, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big Mike Evans fan. Yeah, he can always I, be on my fantasy team. I'm really interested to see those two guys play this year in Winston and and Evan. I think there's a lot of pressure on them, and it's crazy because there's a lot of pressure on them, but there's more pressure. I think. See, they're gonna be there, and if they don't play well, the coach is gonna get fired. So then they bring in a new coach, and then they probably get a uh, you know a, start a, all over, start all over again. So they're probably all right either way. But uh, I don't know what to make of this buck, Buccaneers situation. Like, I think that in today's NFL, Jameis Winston's a quarterback of the past. I think Jameis Winston's a guy that uh, is going to have a low completion percentage and try to hit home runs, which was, for a long time in the NFL, you had guys do that successfully for a long time. But everything's become a dink and dunk in this league, and you've got to complete 67% of your passes. It's become a video game, and I, and I don't think Winston's style is going to fit in this type of football. I think Winston is going to be a volume guy. I'm willing to take a chance on him again because I like the talent so much, and I do think he's the prototypical, like you said, NFL quarterback. And you're right, Tony. The NFL could be moving away from those type of quarterbacks, probably need a little more footwork in the pocket, able to, be able to get outside the pocket and make plays, which we've seen Jameis do, but I think Jameis is worried about turning the ball over so much that it affects his game. I'll tell you what. Yeah, that's the problem, though, is like – He's one of those Brett, he, and I hate. It. He's a Brett Favre, uh, Brett Favre, uh, Tony Doug Romo. Williams, Jay Schroeder, uh, Jay Schroeder going back in the day. Were guys that had these great arms, right? And they could have big games and they could play. But at the end of the day, you're gonna have two interceptions, <laughs> and, and teams nowadays seems to like you know frown on that. And the offense can't turn is the so ball good. over. They don't yeah, want the you to gunsling so and turn good. the ball over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just can't. He can't do it anymore, and those days are gone. And I, I look back, and hell, another guy, Doug Williams, was a guy that, you know, he won a Super Bowl. Played the same way. Yep, there you go right there. Uh, looking at that Buccaneer team, one of the things I think they really need to do in the draft, obviously they got to improve that secondary on the back end of that defense a piece in that running game to help take some of that pressure off Jameis is definitely uh, something that's needed. You know, maybe a player like a Nick Chubb or a Sony Michelle or maybe even a Darius Geis, depending on when they want to go get their running back. But their running back, Doug Martin, is uh, apparently the Oakland Raiders are hot on the tail of Doug Martin. John Gruden think there's still something left there, Tony. And I'm like, is John Gruden been watching football in the Monday Night Booth yeah. or just been talking up players? Because Doug Martin looks wasted. He does look wasted, so I don't think that's a match made in heaven. Uh, but I, I don't see the need for – I don't see how he upgrades over the three I'd rather keep Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I'd rather even keep Marshawn Lynch. Even the two other guys, I think, there. Like, I don't see he has him a fit in, the, in there. In the pecking order, he'd probably be the fourth back. Yeah, no doubt about it. There's no real reason to carry uh, – if you, Tony, if you got four running backs, you don't have one. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I tell, unless you're the New England Patriots, right? Which uh, Exactly. They came out today and say, uh, hey, we're all right going back to Mike Gillisley. 
That's not going to be the case. There'll definitely be a piece <laughs> added because Mike Gillisley couldn't hold it down last year when he had the opportunity to. So we'll see how this situation in New England with this backfield they're gonna plays try out. To get, uh, they're going to try to get LeGarrette Blunt back for some Groupons. <laughs> and, and they'll probably get that done. LeGarrette Blunt, the owner of what, two Super Bowl rings? Two Super Bowl rings and can't get a million-dollar contract from anyone. Amazing. Key roles on those teams, too. Our number one fantasy football frenzy in the books. Our number two, the Legion of Boom, has come to an end. We'll discuss what could end up happening. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo got his contract. Now he's affecting other players around him. We'll break that down. Our number two, fantasy football frenzy, right here on FNTSY. Mm-hmm.